Listener Production. Okay, are you recording? G'day all, not planned this one, but a little Grand Prix special drop for you. I've always loved the Formula One, hopefully you do too. So courtesy of Fox Sports, super fun to sit down and chat with George Russell, driver for Mercedes AMG Petronas F1 team. George Russell to the checkered flag, wins the Sao Paulo Sprint. That's how we roll, baby. Thought I'd take you behind the scenes a little bit as to how these interviews work. So you get ushered into the Formula One paddock, which is basically the area behind the garages full of Rockstar F1 types, especially on Sunday. Race day, where apart from the drivers and teams, over the years I've seen everyone from Big Arnie Schwarzenegger, John Travolta, Richard Branson, you real sort of bigwig types. Anyway, I digress. So, you're given an interview time. Thursday, George Russell, 3pm, through Mercedes. The world's best cameraman, Benny Green, he sets all the gear up, there's lights, there's cameras, the microphone, etc. Our producing gun, Steve Hurston, chats with Mercedes media manager to make sure everything is all sweet, that we're all on track, on time. Then, George Russell wanders over. Now, obviously, it is not Georgie Boy's first interview for the day. The best way to describe it is it's a bit like a speed date. You've got 10 seconds, you have to introduce yourself, smile, try to make George feel comfortable, and then there is no time to waste because interviews like this normally run for five minutes or so. So you've got to get stuck in straight away. But George, must be said, is quite tall for an F1 driver and as a complete aside, has beautiful skin, George. Beautiful skin he has. Anyway, George is either a pro or a really nice fella. Probably both, I reckon. He was happy to go well past the five minutes. He was engaged, expanded on his answers. Thanks to Fox for making this interview happen. Enjoy this little mini chat with George Russell. He is a star. So when you search and then you find And know just where to go And thoughts that once used to cloud your mind You see clearly and now you know Mystery, what is to be revealed In King Selassie I Come on children, try it with me We want to reach Mount Zion George, wonderful to see you back in Australia, where you made your race debut. What are your memories of that first drive in Formula One? It's great to see you back here. Yeah, it feels feels like yesterday, to be honest. It's the Australian Grand Prix for the 24th time at Albert Park here in Melbourne. Let's play tribute at the moment to the three rookies, George Russell, Alexander Albon and Lando Norris. It finally hits me that I'm a Formula One driver. This is a Formula One race weekend. I'll be racing, but obviously the inner fighter and I'm a winner. I want to do great things in, in Formula um, One. Definitely a very special occasion, make my first race in Formula One. I have my whole family here. They was on the grid with me um yeah it's just time time flies i I remember like yesterday what would you say to yourself 80 plus races ago from what you've learned so far to that young bloke on his first start here just keep doing what you're doing um don't be afraid to make mistakes i think they're probably the times where you learn the most and just keep on pushing how do you deal with it when things aren't going your way we've we've get to the positives when things aren't so easy on track what have you learned I think it's always difficult in the moment, no doubt. You know, you never want to be in a difficult situation. You always want things to be going your way. But um, once you've given yourself a bit of time to overcome the difficulty, you realise that you've probably learned so much from whatever situation you find yourself in. And as much as uh, being successful is is a great feeling, you definitely learn more from those times of, of difficulty. Tell us about where this journey started. Now, young George Russell, what's the first thing you drove? 
The first thing with four wheels I drove was a pedal tractor. Right. Uh, Were you quick? Uh, I don't know, to be honest. <laughs> uh, I was good at reversing with my trailer on. Right. Uh, so I used to pedal this tractor around uh, the racetrack, actually, because I had an older brother. Uh, an older brother, sorry. So, um, so I used to follow, follow Benji around. And then I had a little quad bike at the age of four or five. And then my first go-kart seven. So your first go-kart race, can you remember it? I actually can't. I don't know if that's bad or not. I don't know why. Right. That's, I, I remember the, the pedal tractor era, <laughs> uh, or like snapshots of it. I remember the quad biking, and I remember specific races from, yeah, 2008, 2009, which was um, probably two years into my career, but my first time I drove a go-kart was in 2005. I there's a period of three years there where I've just vanished from my memory so yeah a bit strange do you remember a first win i actually don't either i don't know why I you're don't too know. young to be losing know, your memory i know it's i find memory strange because i remember really bizarre moments like i said there's this specific moment on my uh on my pedal tractor and in, in my go-kart that i do remember i remember actually being in the paddock yeah, one of the very first times I drove a go-kart and I remember the surroundings and what it looked like and I had this um, grey helmet it was pretty underwhelming uh, <laughs> like a bowling ball to be honest, just, just on my head, I've still got it at home and um, so I remember that but I don't know why if he's certain the big the big moments of like my first championship I remember clearly um, What was your first championship, in a car? Yeah, a go-kart, so 2009 was sort of my first big year in, in go-kart and when I won three of the main four championships in the UK, finished second in the other one. So it's uh, George Russell that's going to take a comfortable win then, the double European champion closes in on championship honours in Super 1 this season, the championship leader Alex Gill goes across in second. James 2010 was probably my best year in go-karting, I won sort of everything that year, sort of a, I think it was the four main, main competitions um, and then 2011 I remember winning the European Championship, and that was that was a big race. There was 120 drivers, um, and Max was was racing Charles, Esteban, Lance Stroll. So, and that was in 2011 in in Zuera, uh, Spain. What was a young Max like? Yeah, pretty similar to what he's like today. To be honest, <laughs> fast, uh, ferocious, and. Um, yeah, it's, it's funny because, you know, at that age, we all dream of Formula One. We're all working towards that, that goal. And suddenly now we're, we're racing against one another the same as we were at, at the age of 12 or 13. At what age and stage were you the kid that others in the go-kart feel like, oh, we're racing George Russell? At what age did, did you identify that you had ability in the sport? Obviously, there was a lot of hard work to come. Well, I think as a naive young kid, you know, you're you thought you could accomplish anything you know I thought I could fly to the moon and back which is a good way to be yeah absolutely absolutely so I guess I always have that element of element of confidence and maybe arrogance uh, to a degree probably 2008 was probably the first time I sort of realized that I was pretty good but you never really I never really thought that way I never would think to myself oh I'm so good at this I just went to the races did my thing um, but I definitely remember having a huge amount of confidence uh, back then. 
When you join Williams, so your Formula One dream is going to come to fruition, is it a phone call? Is it an email, a person to person? Can, can you remember when they said you are going to be a yeah, Formula I remember One driver? It. I remember it was in Sochi, 2018. I was racing in Formula Two. I had just won uh, the race on a Sunday and I got a phone call from my manager, Gwen, who's a part of a Mercedes team. He's actually here this weekend as well. And he said, um, Claire Williams wants to chat in her office. I think it's good news. So I said, okay, I'll go over. And that was the time when she said, yeah, we want you at, at William. George Russell is the Formula Two champion of 2018. He signs off with victory and joins Charles Leclerc as the GP3 F2 title winner. Williams have signed a superstar. And is um, it on the phone to mum and dad or? No, my, my parents were there. Wow. My parents were in Sochi with me. Uh, they were the first, first people I told. Uh, and then my mum started crying and my dad was, was well enough because you know, it had been such a long journey. Uh, as it is for you know, the majority of us on this grid, so much hard work. Um, so probably more sacrifices for my parents than it was necessarily for me. You know, my, my father was working his nuts off all week. And then on a Friday night, back straight from work, jump in the camper van and driving all over the country <laughs> and as a kid you don't really appreciate the time they put in the finances they they put into uh, just allow me to go racing uh fortunately the budgets back then weren't you know what they are today which is quite a shame for the sport and i really hope that we can have a positive impact to try and help a, a grassroots level because you know, we need to have a good crop of people coming through and get as many boys and girls in, into the sport as possible. And if it's just becoming too expensive, then we're going to limit it. But as I said, I only really appreciated that when I was probably 16 years old, thinking, you know, my father is out there working, you know, day and night to fund my racing. Who was the poster on your wall as an up-and-comer? Was it the bloke to share a garage with now or not? <laughs> um, well, I firstly remember watching Schumacher racing. Um, the race I, I really remember from my childhood was when I was 11 years old and it was the Australian Grand Prix with Jensen Button winning. And I remember waking up in the UK at six o'clock in the morning, fully dark outside. Because um, I remember I opened my blinds and it was still dark and <laughs> turning the TV on, I guess it was BBC One back then and Jensen was leading the race and I remember thinking, like, you know, like, what is this white car with this Oh, the Braun! The Braun. Jensen Button's a winner again, Braun GP are winners on their first race appearance and not only that, it's a 1-2 finish. Button from Barrichello, the smiles are on Ross Braun, what a result and history too. Sensational job, sensational job, Jensen, fantastic. Well done, you deserve it. So um, that was probably the race that I, I clearly remember. And then, you know, I admired a lot of drivers. I tried to, you know, growing up when I was following, I didn't have a, a standout person saying, you know, he's my hero. Um, but, you know, I admired a lot what you know, Lewis was doing, Jensen, Fernando, but also guys from the let's say the era before, like Montoya, I really enjoyed watching some of his old Bablo. Yeah, absolutely. He was exciting. He was excited, he was excited. So, um, yeah. So what's the transition like? For any young athlete, you look up to certain guys, you look up to Fernando or, or Lewis, and then you have to race against them. So you're competitive against them. Do they stop becoming heroes at that stage and purely competitors? 
Yeah, absolutely. I think um, probably even slightly years before because you you see these guys as superheroes, and of course, every single person in this paddock, they're you know incredibly talented at what they do. Uh, but ultimately, we're still all human beings, and I think as I grew up, it went from being you know this superhero figure to just somebody who I respected a lot for being great at what they they did. But once the helmet's on, it doesn't matter who you're lined up against. You go full attack and you're, you're here to beat everyone. And how is it for you now when you're seen as a superhero, when you're walking in here in Melbourne Park and there's a nine-year-old future Oscar Piastri from Melbourne and you're his hero? What's that like? It's really surreal, to be honest. It's, it's really, really surreal. And even it takes time, time for, for me to grasp how I can have such an impact on, on some people. Um, I had one of my engineers last week show me um, this science project his his nephew, uh, his niece did, sorry, on me at school and was showing me the, <laughs> the presentation uh, she did and just thinking, you know, I, I can't really believe that, you know, I've, I've come through the ranks, go through go-karting, F3, F2, and F1, once the helmet's on, it just feels like another race car. You don't appreciate that this is Formula One, this is the pinnacle. I'm just out there to drive as fast as possible. And it's only when the helmet's off, you know, I look around now, so many fans, so many people here to watch the 20 of us go at it on, on Sunday is uh, pretty exceptional. Oh, it's outstanding. And we love the show you put on. Skip forward, you've explained as a young fella and driving the, the tractor and then your parents driving you everywhere. Then you win a Formula One race. Is it everything you ever dreamed of as the kid that was being very effective at backing up the tractor? Yeah. And in his first season for Mercedes, George Russell, after winning the sprint yesterday, wins the Sao Paulo Grand Prix on a Sunday. Russell wins by a second and a half from his teammate. George Russell, you are a Formula One race winner. It, it was very different to what I expected, to be honest. Um, In my way. I think the the thing that I was most special for me from winning that race was seeing how much it meant to all of my team who put so much hard work into delivering that race car. And as a kid, that's something I never even thought about. You know, I just thought about myself from a selfish perspective. You know, how am I going to feel when I cross the line and I win compared to... How are we going to feel when we cross the line and we win and every single person who's helped, helped me on that journey from my family to my friends, my girlfriend, my uh, other team managers and engineers from the past, people at Williams, you know, incredibly proud to have been a part of the journey and then the engineers, you know, on the ground, you know, there was, um, I think there was over 10 people I saw from the team in tears of emotion after winning that race and this is a team who's gone through so much success you know my engineer had won championships with Lewis uh, being a performance engineer and seeing him you know always melting down in tears because it meant so much to him winning that race after such a year that's what resonated most with me and you know thinking I contributed towards this that's a pretty pretty special feeling and now when the team's had a bit of a dip but hopefully is moving up last race was obviously a lot better than the first race as a young man how do you go about showing leadership to 
those hundreds of thousands of people when a lot of them are twice your age, but, yeah. but you are one of the two figureheads, probably with Toto, one of the three figureheads. As a young man, how do you not impose but try and lead a team? Yeah, there's something I need to, to learn over time and how you conduct yourself within the team. The information you give needs to be very precise, uh, constructive, to to push everybody in, in a certain direction. And I think, you know, learning that we are, we are a part of this team of 2,000 people, but every single word that comes out of your mouth has an influence mm. on how they go about their life, their job, um, sorry, more their job rather than their life, but their, their job is their life. Um, you know, it's so important. So, you know, if I'm a bit disappointed or frustrated, you know, you can't just blurt it out in a debrief exactly how you feel because you know that also has an impact and there's a, a time and a place for everything. So, you know, I'm, I'm learning as I go and I think being teammates with Lewis is really helpful for me because it's helped me progress much more as, um, in that regard, dealing with, with a team compared to what it would have been when I was at Williams, for example, where I was probably um, the leader out of the two drivers there. Teammate relationships in Formula One always fascinate those on the outside because there's been some combustible ones. But again, we can only see from what we see on the outside, there seems to be a genuine respect between you two, not just you to the seven time, but him back to you as well. That's the way it looks on the outside. Yeah, absolutely. And that's how it is uh, internally as well. I think yeah, normally your teammate is your biggest competitor. And of course, you know, I want to be Lewis and Lewis wants to beat me. There's, there's no denying that. And... Um, you know, nobody takes anything against us for thinking that way. But I think because we're at different stages of our career, you know, Lewis has nothing more to prove. He's proven everything to the world. But also, I feel like I don't really have anything to prove. I'm here because I feel like I deserve to be here with this team. Uh, they wanted me here. I've done enough on track to, to prove my worth. So now it's not about proving anything. It's just about doing the job at hand, what's best for the team, to get the most out of it and um, also recognising that we need a, a good relationship to get the most out of a team because if we're fighting one another you know it brings a bit of a divide into the team and that's only going to hold us up rather than push us forward. Albert Park the circuit tell me about your favourite part of the circuit why and what it's like driving through that part. Yeah, definitely the favourite part is Turn nine and ten, the fast left and right hander. I think. Um, so, so how do you approach it? Uh, give me some technical gear. What speeds are we doing? What gear are we in for all those that are really into this type of stuff? Right. So, we'll be mile an hour or kilometres an hour. Uh, whatever you choose. What, what is it in Australia? Kilometres. Is it kilometres? Okay, okay. That's I fine, hope you're not fine. driving on the roads. No, okay. So, DRS open, eighth gear, approaching that corner at about 310, I'd say. Wow. You're going around turn eight, which is a long left-hander before. You have to drift over to the right-hand side and get as close as possible to the wall. So it's in your peripheral. You're not really looking at the wall, but you know where it is. And you're trying to look towards the apex. So it's a bit of a strange one because you've got the curb just in the middle of quite a large piece of tarmac. And you just got to throw the car in, have a huge amount of commitment, down two gears into sixth. Hold it to the left-hand side, ready for turn 10, which is the right. The right isn't flat, that's also a bit of a lift. And watch the exit curb on the way out, because that exit curb is pretty aggressive. So um, if any cars are managing to run on that this weekend, the ride of their car must be pretty good. Right. But I think the ingoing plan would be to probably just run up and kiss that exit curb um, to make sure you don't damage the car and 
away you go. It's a great description. I love speaking to motor racing drivers because you all do the same thing. You lean as you talk, yeah. you start shifting. Yeah, yeah. Some make noises. You, you didn't, you didn't yeah, make any, yeah, yeah. any noises. I was in my head, doing it in my head. <laughs> Final question for you. We, we mentioned the nine or the ten-year-old that was out there wanting to be the next George Russell. Um, like any athlete, I'm sure you've had ups and downs. What advice would you give to that youngster that looks up to you that wants to succeed in, in their chosen path? I think the advice I'd give is just keep on practicing, keep on trying. Don't be afraid to make mistakes. Don't be, be afraid to fail because that is what's going to define you and make you a stronger person moving forward. But as I said, above all, just keep on practicing. George, a pleasure to have a chat with you. you Best much. of luck this weekend and I'm sure things will be on the up and up for you. Thanks Thank a lot. You. Cheers. Cheers, mate. Thank you. Thank you very much. And we can do it if we try, try, try. If we try, try, try. If we try, try, try.